Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I'm one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. In case you're wondering, she's essentially an infinite being, Whitney Nelson. That's factual. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I have a feeling things are about to change in a most outstanding way, because rejoining us for the second time in 2020, Evan Acree Wells! Oh, twice? Woo! Was it twice? Just twice. Just in January and now. God, <laughs> 2020, man. It's been a, a heck of a terrible time. Terrible year. <laughs> For a number of reasons, one of which, yeah, you haven't been on the show, but yeah, you know, I only it, twice, just twice, just twice. This should make. I gotta be Ev. I'm not. Mm. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Mm. This is gonna make a lot of people happy. Having is you it? back, people. So, there's been a lot of requests. Yeah. People write about you. It's uh, frankly a little. When will there be more? I'm Evan? blushing. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> As you should, as you should. Uh, yeah. No, thank you to all the fans. You get, you get too big and too busy for us, and and ruin the whole dynamic. Yeah, you know, gotta inject a little drama. <laughs> we've, we've muddled through as best we can. But reunited, and it feels so good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. And what an episode to to see us out, to play us out, Evan mm. coming back for the big one. Big one. We had to go all out. It's amazing. Yes. I'm very excited. A little sad, but very excited. Mm. So I think we're just going to get into this proper. This is a jam-packed episode. We got a lot to cover in this episode. A lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to just, let's hit the ground running. Let's get back in the groove. So here we go. <laughs> uh, Housekeeping. Wait, wait Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just wanted you to know, I just accepted your friend request on Discord. <laughs> I saw that. I almost lost my shit. I, I got a little like, push notification. I felt like that was housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> Evan and I are finally friends on Discord. Cleaned up pending friend requests. <laughs> Good to go. Okay. Continue. All right. So uh, beyond that first announcement, housekeeping's a little different today. This is our final episode for at least a few months. Uh, So nothing changes too much about the show. The email address stays intact. The Twitter account stays intact. A lot of people were like, don't change it. And I realized that I kind of backed ourselves into a corner by announcing the Twitter account and email address every episode for the past 77 episodes. So (laughs) my bad. Just keep keep tweeting and emailing at Mm -hmm. those accounts. They'll never change. It's fine. And these episodes are not going to go anywhere. You, you literally have to do nothing. Stay subscribed. As we release more episodes, they will just appear in your feeds and things like that. So stay subscribed. It'll be great. doesn't cost you anything like we've said before. So with all that out of the way, <laughs> one last time. As always, uh, I want to mention you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. Listener Melissa Chanka wrote in a bunch of great stuff. Some of it we might get to a little bit later, but I wanted to call this out. She said, "Uh, I'm so sad this will be the last review of Keanu's movies until the next one is released. This podcast has brought me lots of laughs ever since I started listening to it. I'm trying to get on the Kurt Russell train, but do not have the same feelings for him as I do Keanu. Committing to his entire movie catalog seems daunting at the moment. Mm. And I thought I would just throw it over to Whitney for this one, if, if that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, Throw it over to me to say what? Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you and Melissa might be in the same on the same wavelength a little bit there with with. We Kurt? are definitely on this. Uh, we're definitely on the same wavelength. I ha- don't feel anywhere the same way about Kurt Russell that I do about Keanu Reeves. But I think that we we looked at a lot of people uh, to to continue this with, and we were looking at people that had a film career as vast and varied as Keanu, and that's hard to come mm-hmm. by. You talk about, like, a Meryl Streep, and sure, there's a lot of great movies there, but there's a lot of movies that are very, very similar. They're all in the same sort of vein. When you're talking about running the gamut from action to comedy to drama to period piece to whatever, you don't get a lot of actors whose filmography is all over the place. And I think in that way, Kurt Russell is going to be really, really fun. Mm. I have not seen nearly as many Kurt Russell movies as anyone who suggested Kurt Russell for the next one. But when I started to look at his filmography, I was like, I think this is going to be a really fun ride. So I don't have the same love for Kurt Russell as I do for Keanu, but I think it's going to be just as fun to go through all of these movies. Absolutely. I'm I'm kind of in that same boat. I've seen quite a few Kurt Russell films, uh, you know. I think he's been doing some of the best work of his life recently. I mean, and that's saying a lot because he's done some pretty amazing films over the years. But the guy just genuinely seems to like movies, like his job. Seems like a pretty well-adjusted guy as well. So He makes a great sexy Santa. (laughs) He does. He does indeed. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. A Santa who fucks. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what you were looking for, maybe you didn't even know you were looking for that. I know most people I know I don't wasn't. know that they were looking for that, but it's it's there for you just the same. <laughs> Ev, what are your thoughts? You, Kurt Russell, you're a Kurt Russell guy. You you, you dig his uh, repertoire? Uh, yeah. I mean, for sure. He he. I don't know. He strikes me as like an American hero. I, it. Uh, I don't think I ever like went hunting for a Kurt Russell movie, but I'm yeah. trying to think mm-hmm. about if I've done that for like any actor. Mm-hmm. Um, that you like follow. I think in some cases it'll as is the reason that they make movie trailers where you'll be like, oh, I want to see that because blank is in it. I don't yeah. know if I've done that with Kurt Russell, but every time I've gotten into that movie, I've been like, this dude's perfect. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the other thing that this is doing is it is. Uh, enlightening a lot of people into how many movies some of these actors have done. And every mm-hmm. time I've talked about this podcast, people have been like, well, how many are there? And like, oh, well over 65 or 70. And they're like, Keanu's in that many movies. So I think yeah. that gets really fun mm-hmm. too, um, to kind of showcase some of the lesser known movies, but then also just at the 30,000 foot view, just be like, holy shit, this guy did so many movies. And, like, that's so impressive in its own right, so. Well, and some of some of Kurt Russell's movies are as, like, pivotal keystones in American cinematography Definitely. as Keanu Reeves is. Like, Escape from New York is, like, a whole thing unto itself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I think, as much a... A linchpin of cinematography and and pop culture references as a lot of Keanu stuff is. Yeah. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, same thing. There's so much that's like pivotal to 
pop culture and how we got where we are that is reliant on Kurt Russell. So I think we're going to have a good time. With I mean, it. I could watch I could watch Tombstone 3000 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I, a lot of times. Backdraft. That's a lot of times. Backdraft is like an incredible movie. I was a fireman, so that's just a fantastic movie. Backdraft, I have not seen. Oh, my God. Just full stop, haven't seen? Okay. (laughs) Full scene, have not seen Backdraft. I have been on the now defunct Backdraft, like, backlot tour Mm. at Universal Studios Hollywood. Right. They had, like, a whole backdraft, like, room where you went in the room and they set it on fire. Oh, yeah, it was just just pyrotechnics, and they were like, what can we name this? Something that has a lot of fire in it. Sure. Well, also, the balcony, like, dropped, like, three inches that everybody was standing Mm, on. Oh, that's fun. Gotta have some pneumatics, yeah. Yeah. No, it was very terrifying. It got to, like, your skin got hot, and you're like, oh, I might not make die. it out of here not not because <laughs> of the pyrotechnics being out of control but because you get so hot and there's so many people around you that i don't know maybe that's just me with social anxiety that i'm like oh i could die in here mm. not because of wow. fire but just because this is a deeper thing <laughs> and and then the floor would drop out from beneath you for like uh-huh. like two inches and it was very intense this is, so anyway whitney I'm was actually well acquainted with backdraft the quote-unquote ride whitney was actually explaining a party she went to when she was a teenager <laughs> she just got hot and needed to leave yeah. no <laughs> i understand this is, I mean, I, I would not subject myself to that. I don't understand. Feels, I don't know. I think now it's like Transformers or something. Sure. It's some stupid. bullshit. Something else with fire. It is fire. some bullshit. I, I can't, I can't, I will never be over the fact that they changed the backdraft thing, attraction to be something else because it was like, it was like a really classic part of Universal Studios. And I don't mind them updating the tram tour. To have like Fast and Furious, obviously, because oh, I want the tram tour to not only have Jaws that was awesome. and whatnot, but like to, to have 3D, you know, people hanging out of a helicopter as you're stealing cars on the freeway or whatever. So awesome. yeah. I'm all for that update, but that's still keeping the classics. It's keeping the rain in the Spanish village and the Jaws coming out at you and the like subway collapsing around you. All that tram tour stuff is still there. Like, couldn't you just build Transformers around the backdraft room and keep the backdraft room? Yeah. For all of you listening from Universal, figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. Bring it back. Get your shit together, Universal. (laughs) I don't live in California or Florida anymore, but bring it back. They're probably not even open. I don't. Yeah, I'm sure they are at this point. Why? It's not good. Could you imagine? All right, Whitney. Capitalism. Imagine being in that same exact backdraft ride room now, today. But now, no, yeah, well, no. There is, I wouldn't do it. There is fire, though. <laughs> so that it's might true. help. I guess if any room um, that you're going to be in, I guess that's maybe the most sanitary. It's the only one that's open. If I have to be packed in a room with <laughs> thirty other people, it better be on fire. I guess thousands of degrees of heat is is the way that I'll do it. It's uh, awful. Listen. Oh, okay. If you have thoughts and feelings about theme parks or you want my thoughts and feelings about theme parks, have a lot of them. Mm, yeah. I think it's our next that podcast. That could be a whole different podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God, Andrew, don't even right. joke about that. Well, cause it- <laughs> All right. You can find us at Theme Park Pod on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> M- Melissa, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn. <laughs> We're somehow oh, in housekeeping still, and I love it. Mm. Holy fuck. Haven't even gotten to the synopsis. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. again, we make the rules so we can break them and turn this into whatever we want. But let's, for the sake of... <laughs> For the sake of time, jeez. If you're watching live on Periscope, Twitch, or Facebook, you can chime in with your two cents, have us read your comments out loud, we'll agree or debate you. If you say anything disparaging about this film, I swear to God, I don't I don't know what I would do. Probably nothing, but uh, yeah, there's that. The energy that Andrew brings into this movie, I haven't even heard how he feels about it yet, but just from previous conversations yeah. and 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 the, the chat for the podcast, um, there's a lot of energy behind Andrew's opinions yeah, of this film, yeah. and I would not want to get on the wrong. Yeah, maybe I'll do it. Cross out some of my notes here. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> I can mute you. <laughs> we will no longer be friends on Discord. That is one immediate action I can oh take. Oh my god! <laughs> Finally, <laughs> Evan has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be excellent to us, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes. It brings more folks into the fray. A mm-hmm. review, I can't stress this enough. You might be listening to this in the year 2025. If so, hello, future person. Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. If you are, it still makes sense for you to review this podcast even five years out. Because huh. I'm sure Keanu mm-hmm. will be making movies, but also this podcast will still exist then. So just mm-hmm. do it. What is it? What are you doing in 2025? We're all on basic universal income. You don't have to go to work anymore, right? Right, yeah. It's fine. It all worked out. Cars are flying. Cars are flying. <laughs> so. we, we all have chips in our brains. Thanks, Elon. All that good stuff. <laughs> Just review the goddamn podcast. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's it. That's if it. If you're listening in like 1425, just wait a while and then review us. <laughs> yeah, right. If we, yeah. There is that. There is that, though. So, okay. We're, we'll come along eventually. We'll be there. Oh, man, my head already hurts just <laughs> thinking about time travel. <laughs> that's the, that's oh, the housekeeping. <laughs> so many time- parallel timelines. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you've all been waiting for. Oh, Evan. I think I'm crying. Um, will, you, <laughs> will, you t- will you tell us what we're here to talk about today? Today... Uh, we, well, depending on when you're listening, or I could open this with, <laughs> Wait a minute. then, before we are talking, or right. pre- previously, <laughs> or... Previously we were talking about, or... Yeah, uh, in the... Soon we will be discussing. In the future we are... Okay, uh, the film is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, Perfect. And the plot synopsis from IMDb is as such... Once told they'd save the universe during a time-traveling adventure, two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California, find themselves as middle-aged dads, still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfill their destiny. Whoa. This movie was written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, the scribes of the first two films and the subsequent TV series, Mm -hmm. which I didn't watch. Um, Neither did we. Mm, yeah. The no. movie was directed by Dean. I want to say his his name is French. So would it be Perso? I believe. I believe. I believe yeah, so. That sounds correct. Cool. Nailed it. Who has directed a hell of a lot of movies and television, including Santa Clarita Diet. I don't know what that is. Gracie and Frankie, 
Masters of Sex, Justified, great show. The Good Wife, <laughs> Monk, Fun with Dick and Jane, great movie. And Galaxy Quest. Amazing movie. It's pretty fun. It's, you know. Galaxy Quest is one of the best movies of all time. And I wow. <laughs> will go to the mat on that one. <laughs> I want to say it's also just, it's so reassuring. When I was kind of putting some of these notes together, I put those, I put Justified in. And I was like, I wonder if Ed's going to call that out. And then I put, so good. And then I put fun with Dick and Jane in, which is a Jim Carrey film, I believe. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I it is. I wonder if Ab's going to call that. <laughs> it's on Netflix right now. It's phenomenal. Okay. You will laugh very hard. All right. I'm into it. Let's go. Did you see Justified? No. Timothy Oliphant? I have seen season one. I've just gotten into season two. I'm Ugh. only like two episodes into season two, and it's already leaps and bounds better than season one. Yes, and season correct. one was good. Okay. Yes, it's amazing. Watch it. All right. It's, it's so good. So if it if it doesn't, it's definitely not a thing I would search out on my own because that sort of drama is just usually not for me. But it is very, very good, and I do recommend it. And so far, season two is leaps and bounds better than season one. It's classic FX drama. Um, anyway, starring alongside Keanu in this movie are some truly incredible talents. Alex Winter, of course. Kristen Schall. Schall? Schall, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Schall. Mm-hmm. Samara Weaving. Samara? Samara. Samara. God damn it. Bridget Lundy Payne. This is the only reason Andrew wants me to read this synopsis. <laughs> William Sadler, Anthony Kerrigan, Aaron Hayes, Jema Mays. Is it Jema? No, it's Jema. Jema. And Kid and Kid Cuddy. Kid Cuddy. Um, Kid Cuddy. I'm just going to interject now. Has the best role in the film. Great role. I don't know how he landed. This particular part of the script, we'll talk more about it later. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about that too. He has the best role in the film, and I don't know in a, how in a Bill and Ted movie you get the best character, <laughs> but Kid How's Cudi did. I gotta feel like he raised his hand and was just like, I'm a crazy <laughs> fan, and they were like, all right, you can be in the movie. He's, yeah. he's like, I'm uh, also a quantum physicist, so that helps. <laughs> right. By the way. <laughs> It's legitimately incredible, and we will talk about that more. But first, mm-hmm. we have to talk about the critical and audience reception. Whitney threw it to herself. Yes. She threw it to herself. How about it? That was a great <laughs> I'm job. I'm a professional. I get it. Hey, yeah. I love it. Clearly. She's used to me not being around. We finally <laughs> figured out how to do this I've, show. I had to fill in the gap without Evan. Yes. A void. A true void. <laughs> Uh, but just in case, here's Whitney with the critics and audience reaction. <laughs> so on Rotten Tomatoes, it is 82% fresh by the critics, yeah. certified fresh. The audience score is not yet available from Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't know what However, that's all about. I, I guess it has I to be out either. of theaters, that's maybe? Weird. Is, does, is that the... Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, maybe. This is literally the first time mm. I've ever seen this happen, where there is Yeah, no... this is the first time we've ever had this issue. I've so. definitely seen audience score on movies and theater. Damn. I don't know what it could be then. I don't know either. Sometimes they shut it down if they're worried about, like, you know, like Wonder Woman got shut down oh, on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes yeah. for audience reviews because they were trying to, like, it's mansplain <laughs> the score or whatever. Well, yeah. You know, and that's the best anyway. DC movie also, so... Oh, here uh, we go. <laughs> no, but really, though, that it is. Oh, my God. 
God. So every other one, <laughs> straight tire fire. I mean, more or less. <laughs> There's some exceptions. Wait, We're gonna if get you some emails. if you go in if you go into the score details, it's saying the audience score is 73. They just don't have it on on the like homepage. On the page. Oh, so fascinating. 73, it's not on the homepage of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if that means that there's some sort of discrepancy or something. Mm. On IMDb, the audience score is about roughly 62% as of right now. Okay. Yeah. When we're recording it. So, definitely higher reviewed from critics than audience. I think that will change over time. I find that really kind of shocking. Yeah. Um, so, we have a critic quote. From Philadelphia's own Dan Tabor, who Woo! is a friend of the podcast, yeah. even though we've never talked about him on the never, podcast. But, but hey, Dan. But the the sort of paths and valleys that led Andrew and I and Evan to be in the same place is Geekadelphia, and Dan Tabor is in the Geekadelphia realm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. A, a now defunct blog, but a really kind of core in Kubri's existing at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dan Tabor, writing for Fokker, says, It's no easy task to combine two films that are so different in tone as excellent and bogus, Hmm. but it feels natural here as the two stories have an ebb and flow here that calls back to some of the best moments of the previous entries. Hmm. Dan! I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark W., user on Rotten Tomatoes, gave it three and a half out of five stars. And says, after a 29-year hiatus, the most bodacious of dudes, Bill and Ted, return to our screen to save us from complete and universal obliteration. Mm-hmm. It's a continuation that no one really asked for, but it's a welcome addition to their airhead travels nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Whether you find Bill and Ted's adventures excellent or bogus will largely depend on whether you have childhood memories of them in the first place. It's certainly a silly brand of humor, and the latest installment is no different. But my memories are fond, and it was delightful to see Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter fall back into these characters with ease. It's nothing more than easygoing entertainment. But sometimes, that's all you need. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Party on, dudes. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Mark is a true believer. I could tell. Yeah, Mark W. on Rotten Tomatoes really hit the nail on the head there, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Buckle up, (laughs) folks. Here we go. Because this is, I think, maybe the most write-ins about an episode that we've ever had, including The Matrix, mm-hmm. where we, for, like, The Matrix, we were actively, like, we're going to make this a, a keystone episode of the podcast. We're going to put it out there for weeks. Send us your thoughts and your feelings and your memories. Oh, yeah. Remember that. <laughs> we got, Remember like, three. Remember that, those halcyon days, Evan, where you were yeah. part of the podcast? Yeah. Oh, and we man. did get, like... Three. We got some audio the good old things, days. but yeah. We got some audio clips, but we got a lot of listener thoughts about this movie. So everyone, get ready. Here we go. Here we go. <sighs> Christina, who's at Keanu Wave on Twitter, said, 
It was exactly what we needed at this moment in time. It never felt forced or cynical or desperate. Bill and Ted's growth as husbands, fathers, and men progressed naturally, and it hit harder than I expected it to. I love the way their relationships with their daughters were written. Bill and Ted give Billy and Thea the love and support they never received from their own fathers. The costumes and makeup were fantastic, the story was fairly well-paced, and the new faces fit right in with the old, seeing death again was such a treat. Mm -hmm. If indeed this is Bill and Ted's final adventure, I don't think you could ask for a more fitting ending. Wild Stallions forever. P.S. Did anyone else get just a little emotional seeing Rufus one last time? I did. And that's a definite yes, don't, Christina. Don't even, we don't even need to ask about that question. But yes, Christina, mm -hmm. the answer is an absolute goddamn yes. How dare they? Mm hmm Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Melissa wrote in via email with the following. This is the movie I needed at this point in 2020. I absolutely adored it. I've watched it six or seven times since wow. it has come out. Yeah. That's maybe outpacing Andrew. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He won't admit it. He won't admit it. Dennis Caleb McCoy was just brilliant. Agreed. Yes. I love Dennis Caleb McCoy. I've cried at every viewing so far. It's just so endearing. I loved how they supported their daughters and wives. I loved all the Bill and Ted versions. Death was hysterical. It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Melissa, well done. Yeah. Well done. Maria Y. wrote in, 92 minutes of nonviolent, clever, nostalgic, ridiculously funny joy. Who knew that what the world needed to warm its COVID-cold cockles, which that's a super good sentence and <laughs> hard to say. That is pretty great. New band name called it. <laughs> Who knew what the world needed to warm its COVID-cold cockles was a theremin solo and the sight of death cheating at hopscotch. <laughs> this film provides the... Pr this film proves the dudes were not slackers. They were dreamers and explorers trying to find the one song. A real recurring theme for Keanu there. The real shining gem is Alex Winter. Bill is just as beaming, curious, and believable as in the first two movies. In interviews, he comes across as genuine and generous in talking about this film, which appears to have been a real passion project. Bill is the yang to Ted's yin in this film, whereas in the earlier films, they were much more cut from the same cloth. I loved angry, lonely, alcoholic Ted. Mm -hmm. I loved the Dave Grohl cameo. So I loved sweetly unsubtle 69 references <laughs> in the phone booth. <laughs> I loved all the death scenes. My only critique is the world-saving C major song is a bit rubbish, like a bad Mumford & Sons cover. <laughs> a waste of an excellent lineup despite being ace fun. We know that doesn't really matter because the best legacy from Bill and Ted is be excellent to each other. Thank you, Cool Breeze Cool, for all the joy you've brought as well. <gasps> Aww. Aww. That's all of us. That's everybody. That's everybody. Mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional core of the show. Zoe P writes, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Join the club, Zoe. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're yeah. all here uh -huh. is lots of thoughts and feelings. But I want to unload now the Keanu pod is coming to a slowdown. I haven't always agreed with what both you and Whitney have said about some of the films, especially in The Reckoning. 47 Ronin should be higher. Oh. But I have appreciated the enthusiasm that you put into doing the pod, as these times are hard and strange, and let's face it, Keanu has done some stinkers. Sure. Mm. 
It's been an uplifting experience for me overall, so thank you. Oh. Face the feeling, face the music, woo, face the music <laughs> made me nervous. As soon as I heard it was being made, I had a feeling of trepidation. Excellent adventure and bogus journey have such a place in my heart that I couldn't bear it if they did, say, a Matrix Revolutions rather than a Parabellum. Wow. Hmm. I booked my tickets for Lisa and I. She's the bill to my Ted and always has been since we were teenagers. And I loaded up the bag with face masks, popcorn, and little cans of Jack and Coke. <laughs> yeah. Hoping that we didn't need to get plastered to watch the film. My God. The relief as I felt the joy and the love that went into this film was awesome. Excellent Adventure was always so sweet and naive. And this felt a little like that, even though they were middle-aged. My boys are still there. The couple's counseling scene was hilarious. Billy and Thea stole the show for me. The relationship with each other and their dads was amazing. And there wasn't any sexualization of them as women, which was very refreshing. Final thoughts. Kiana's blue spandex pants were funny, but now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. My eyes, so (laughs) wrong. What? On behalf of the UK, his English accent has improved since Dracula. (laughs) Nowhere to go but up there. (laughs) Exactly. We were at rock bottom with Dracula. Hello. (laughs) But we do not use the word poppycock unless we're in a Monty Python sketch. That's perfect. Really will miss the Keanu-centric world that you've given me each week, but we'll tune in for the Kurt Locker. Yeah, Zoe, come with us. Zoe's on it. Zoe, convince Melissa. Zoe, what Zoe. if Poppycock comes back in 2025? <laughs> which is when someone when else might place. be listening, right, to this. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We just don't know. We don't know. But we do have one last listener write in. Helen Moon writes, I saw Bill and Ted face the music on its opening day in the UK at lunchtime with my friend Rachel. We've been friends since 1991, and Bill and Ted are deep in the bones of our friendship. It's safe to say we've been waiting with anxious anticipation for the film to be released here for quite some time. Coming out when it did, face the music feels like a miracle in film form. (laughs) In summary, I don't think a single film has ever made me feel as joyously happy as face the music did. I got to see my best friend for the first time in seven months. I wore proper clothes and left the confines of my house to go to the actual cinema. Boy, that's a thing that we still don't have here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah how about it? Ugh. I'm kind of sweating just thinking about, like, Going to God, the I want to go see a movie. <laughs> Let's all go to the movies. But soon, uh, but later. Yeah. So, Helen, decorated... They're horrible but necessary face masks with smiley stickers. We we giggled so hard during the opening credits, I thought we'd be thrown out. But most importantly, we got to spend 90 more minutes with Bill and Ted. Sad slash bad future Bill and Ted made us feel most disconsolate. And British (laughs) Bill and Ted had us in hysterics at their triumphant new lexicon. We shed a bit of a tear at wise old Bill and Ted jamming at the end, but left the cinema grinning from ear to ear and desperate to watch the film again, which I did with Rachel's family four days later. Rachel's passed the Bill and Ted on, Bill and Ted love on to the next generation. We ate pizza and watched Speed, socially distanced, at my house nice. in the afternoon, and in the evening, Ed Solomon thanked me on Twitter for thanking him for making a film that has made me really Whoa. happy. I was beside nice myself with excitement. Best day of 2020. That that does sound like quite a day. Well That's done, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good work, oh, Helen. Holy shit. 
I want to. I kind of want to hang out with Helen and her friends. <laughs> uh huh. Rachel, sorry, <laughs> Helen and Rachel. All right. Oh. Okay. Well, that's all we have from listeners, and that's honestly not even all we have. We're just now a half hour into the podcast, and we haven't even talked yeah. about our own thoughts and feelings. Yeah, yeah we so, had to do some editing there, but th- literally, love you thank all. you. Yes, thank I'll, you. Maybe I can post the rest uh, of our of uh, just out of you know respect because I I appreciate everyone took the time and all of the other things we had written were essentially this like this length or more. So mm-hmm. crazy. It's we appreciate everyone taking the time. Really, yes. we just had to kind of we like do. we're in this sweet spot of like a ninety minute episode or so. So we wanted to kind of <laughs> make sure we're on on point. But everyone, seriously, y'all the best. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, Whitney, I think it's been a long time since we we heard Evan say oh God. say anything. Agreed. So I'm wondering, <laughs> probably for the better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, and this will allow me to take in his thoughts and 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 write mm. counter arguments along the way. So Ev, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell me? I'm just, just going to hear you like breaking pencil tips over there. <laughs> Resharpening. Did this movie work for you, Ev? Yeah, I mean, come on. It here's the thing. This movie's made to be ridiculous. Yeah. And by that notion, it's like perfect, right? So you have to you have to put a whole other lens on this film, right? You can't be watching it for you know other perfection and reasons of cinematography as as you. <laughs> Might imagine, sure. but in that vein, it's great. And I think uh, what was really exciting was to see how they kind of harkened back to the other um, the other films and just brought in some of those things. I think that certain late sequels, uh, i.e., Dumb and Dumberer, okay, like do it wrong, where they just recreate the classic, right? They just take that movie and do it again as older characters and, and whatever this stayed away from that. so I I think I had that fear going into it, that it was just going to be a repeat. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, so that was refreshing. Right. But they still paid homage, like the whole Rufus thing and, and kind of some of the quirks that you look forward to, to them doing, um, just, just made it very pleasing from that perspective. So I think, the pacing was right. There was there wasn't a moment where I was like bored, um, you know. And there was an opportunity for that when the when the daughters are running around and finding all the artists. There, I think there was an opportunity for it to get pretty boring there, for it to be like slow and repetitive. But they found a really fun way to not only keep you engaged there, but also do a little bit of education at the same time. Sure. Around some of these musicians that you may not have known from way back when. Um, who had really big impact on music in general. Uh, and so that little educational undertone was unexpected and, and honestly welcomed. Um, and it was also fun to try and guess the musicians before they got to them, uh, <laughs> just by like looking at the year. Yeah, so the plot was great from that perspective. Um, character development was interesting because... It, it, you enter the movie with Bill and Ted being developed in my mind. Like they're, they're already who they are. Um, you know, the movie is a little bit about them changing in a way, but 
I think that it's more about people changing to understand them better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the development takes place with some of the extraneous characters, which I think uh, was an interesting twist. Uh, so obviously original, my mind was melting from 10 seconds in time travel and <laughs> I just get distracted by permutations and <laughs> options for, for timelines. Uh, but it was original as hell. And then um, technical, this is what I'll come back to, right? Like how, how do you judge it? I mean, there's, there was definitely some interesting camera movement. There was, but for the most part, it was pretty straightforward. Uh, credit for editing. Cause again, it didn't feel long or overdone. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of the CGI esque, you know, some of the set work, there was a lot of that in there. Actually, there was a lot of, uh, costume design, you know, you got to imagine they're spanning different centuries, uh, a lot of set design. And I think that was, that's worth talking about. Uh, and then the music obviously kind of speaks for itself. So, uh, Keanu, I think Keanu nailed it because he had to take on many characters. Uh, while maintaining a character. So he had to put a character through different phases of that character. And we're not talking over the time span of a month. We're talking over the time span of decades Mm -hmm. um, from him being younger him to being on quote unquote on his deathbed. So, um, you know, I think he did a really nice job with that and, and he kind of maintained who you expected him to be through all those different versions of himself. Yeah. So yeah, it worked. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. When he's talking to himself on his deathbed, he's like, when I, <laughs> when I looked at that you, I saw scene. myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, just it's incredible. Thanking him. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. Awesome. All right. It worked for Evan. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't hear too much negativity in there. I, I for whatever reason, I don't know. I thought I, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> rude, rude. <laughs> All right, Whitney, what do you got? Um. Okay. So I overall two thumbs up. It was great. Perfect. I definitely this movie was not made to challenge you as a viewer. It's a feel-good movie if there ever was one. It's very, like, it's very saccharine. It is, like, um, in any other year, I might not have liked it as much as I did. Uh, In 2020, (laughs) that sort of lightness and sweetness and silliness is exactly what we needed and is very refreshing. Um, It, in a lot of ways, plays, like, even more of like an old 50s musical in its vibe, not in its structure at all, but just in its vibe than even Excellent Adventure did. I feel like they hmm. they really went more so in the family-friendly, feel-good sort of elements. And, and like previously mentioned, there's no way that they could know that this is what we were going to need in 2020, but somehow yeah. they, they really leaned into it and they delivered that. That being said... I do feel like it's a little bit more saccharine than Excellent Adventure. I do feel like it's very similar. We've talked before about me having a big difference in opinion between Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey because I didn't watch any of them when I was a teenager. I have no mm-hmm. childhood youth like associations with these movies. I definitely feel like this is a more good-natured, friendship-based humor 
like excellent adventure way more so than bogus journey so i appreciated that because bogus journey was all punching down it was all fat jokes and gay jokes and stuff that bill and ted really wasn't about in my opinion just mm -hmm. so to see it go back to a sense of humor that's really not based on punching down at all it's very good natured was was a real relief for me because i didn't want to see it be more like bogus journey i wanted to see it be more like excellent adventure we were set out, like, they have a near impossible task of getting us reintroduced to, like, teenagers 20-somethings who are airheads and ostensibly <laughs> stoners, although they never explicitly say. Yeah. Who have become now 50-year-old dads. They worked hard to make them more emotionally mature as men. But I actually think the first 30 to 40 minutes of the movie is kind of rocky pacing-wise because it's hard to deal with these grown-ass men being children. And there's really no good way for them to walk that line. I think they did the best they possibly could have. And it still plays and still was entertaining to watch. But it's just hard seeing grown men with wives and houses in, like, a subdivision and two grown girls, like, as daughters... And watching them say things like, we love you in the marriage counseling instead of <laughs> I love you. Yeah. It's frustrating to think of people putting up for that long with them being a man child. Well, but, I mean, what was their other option to go back to the 1400s? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Anyway, mm. I think they did as good of a job as they could of making them emotionally mature with still keeping in tr in tune with the original excellent adventure in Bogus Journey, that was just always going to be a hard road to walk. And for me, it didn't really start to get engaging until Bill and Ted are on their time travels and well into it. I didn't really get into it in the two-year and the five-year mark. I didn't really think it was fun and funny until they were in prison. <laughs> However, I mean, yeah. counter to Evan, I thought that the daughters were incredible and the second that they start going on the, their timeline is when the movie really kicked in for me that's when we're really in like full bill and ted because it's so reminiscent of excellent adventure but still doing its own thing and you're going through time but they're specifically seeking out certain people and they're specifically seeking out certain times and i love the who do we get to get Jimi hendrix to say yes louis armstrong and I love that there is only one white person and they're the best musicians of all time. I think that gives a real good nod to so much stuff of yeah. music history and how we got to where we were and who borrowed what. Um, I did think it was a little bit interesting about the, the made-up cavewoman who drummed. Um, <laughs> but I do like that they tried very hard to make it inclusive, full of people of color, of all different time periods, and I think that that's important. I love them fighting with themselves two years in the future, even though I felt that dragged a little bit. I like how very philosophical it immediately was with them going into the future and seeing themselves two years, five years when they're in prison. I think the relationship that Ted has with himself of not connecting with himself and feeling distanced from himself and not really liking himself yeah, is very a very philosophical point that they're making with 
Ted and and the disconnect that people have and not really knowing who they are and not really liking who they are. That sort of Ted never likes himself in other time periods, I think very much resonated. And I think Bill's relationship to himself is genuinely a purposeful teaching moment about self-love. I think the fact that Bill has such a good opinion of himself throughout all the different time periods and the conversation that they have on the deathbeds is them trying to make a point. And I do think that this plays into what people were saying. I think Alex Winters was more at home in Bill than Keanu was in Ted coming back to it. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that is because of the relationships that Bill has with himself and that Ted has with himself. I think that Bill Winters' character, or Bill, Alex Winters' character being so chill with himself and being like, you did nothing wrong. You steered me right every step of the way. I love you, man, to yeah. himself. And Ted being like, I've never really liked myself in other times is part of why it doesn't feel like Keanu connects as much. I don't think that's the acting because I think he did a really good job, but I do think that's the like different stories that they're trying to tell in this later version of how you view yourself from different time periods and different mindsets. And I definitely think Alex Winters is who they want you to mirror versus Keanu. Sure. Um, I think they're really trying to teach you the value in your later life of being kind to yourself throughout your life. Um, I also super loved the idea. It's a pretty old concept overall, but the story that knowing that you're destined for greatness might actually be a roadblock to, or to keep you from like achieving that greatness. I think that's a really good way to appeal to the Gen X and millennial crowd who are like, Obviously, one of the key audiences, because we were the key audiences when it came out, was Gen X and Millennials for Bill and Ted um, back in the day. But there's so many of us who were in some way labeled gifted or apt or excelled at sports or had so many extracurriculars. And now as adults kind of feel like they're stumbling to achieve what they were told is like, you can be anything you can dream of. You just got to go out and get it. And that's not really what the world is like. And a lot of us are having that that we can't be anything we can dream of being. We can try for it, but that's not always how it works. But we were all, all Gen X and Millennials were fed that same line of, if you can dream it, you could be it. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that getting in the way, like, that belief in yourself and knowing that you're going to achieve something great, actually getting in the way of you achieving that greatness, I think is very, very acutely woven into the script to not be overt, but to really resonate with the generations that they're trying to resonate with. Yeah. And the the idea in the end that nurturing your family relationships might actually be the thing that saves the, saves the world instead of focusing on fame or success that's always going to be a story that rings really true with me as I have no motivation for professional success at all. I very much find, um, I find fulfillment in the quiet personal life rather than the professional life. So for me, I think that that's really speaking strongly to me, the overall story of like, focus on your daughters, focus on your wives, 
you being rich and famous and saving the world is not as important as the world being saved and you nurturing your family and your relationships. And I think that's a really good thing to take out of this movie um, and a really good way to wrap it up. And part of the reason why it feels so fulfilling to everyone who watched it is we definitely got from all the listener write-ins the the actual resolution of the movie is pretty cheesy getting every person in every moment <laughs> of time playing music and singing the same song is very cheesy <laughs> but i think what makes yeah. that feel like such a good resolution is the fact that they are not focusing on themselves and putting the pressure on themselves to succeed. They are looking at how do we make everyone succeed together? How Mm -hmm. do we save our marriage? How do we help our daughters grow? And that's when it really pans out emotionally for me and I think is the the best takeaway of this movie. Um, I also have to say, The Killer Robot is incredible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I yes. did have in my notes about Kid Cudi somehow snaking the best role in the whole movie, somehow, as being this quantum physics, <laughs> time, theory, just genius. I don't know how he got that part. I don't know if it was written for him or just for a person and he showed up as the right person at the right time. But that role of being this famous musician who is a wonderkind of just (laughs) quantum and time theory is hysterical and made me laugh every (laughs) single time Kid Cudi was in a role. I also have one last thing to say, I think. I've Mm -hmm. covered all of the other stuff that I had in my notes and that I thought throughout the time. Uh, I loved when they talked about, when uh, when they said, what about our fans? And then they were like, well, Bob and Wendy will understand. And Eileen, we haven't heard from in several years. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was hysterical, but it also reminded me of us and our fans and how we have so few that we know them all by name. Yeah. Not that totally. we don't have a lot of fans out there, but the ones who actually interact with us, we know all of them. Absolutely. And it made me laugh a lot because when you have that niche audience, like that really resonated with me as someone with a niche audience. That, like, you would know who all of them are and where they are in their lives and ha- not hearing from one in a while and stuff like that. It was just, that was another thing that I wrote down is really hitting me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That all checks out. So, um, mm-hmm. it sounds like it worked for you. <laughs> it did. Mm-hmm. It did. It was a rough start for me. It was almost half the movie felt slow. But as soon as they get the daughters in their hijinks and, and Bill and Ted hit their prison selves, the movie was in full gear and I felt like it moved at a very fast clip from then on. The beginning felt a little bit too saccharine and too fan servicey here and there. Overall, it was a fantastic movie, though. I definitely 100% enjoyed it, loved it. It's great. That's my only critique. Perfect. All right. Nice. Andrew. Nice. I have a couple things before I get into mm-hmm. my thoughts here. First of all, Evan, I just want to let you know, Jody is in the chat, and for, I'm going to quote her. She says, yay, Evan. <laughs> oh, hey, Jody. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I don't have this open, and I need to go You don't do have that. to do anything. I can read it to you. It's fine. Or you can, whatever, Periscope, whatever you want to do, as long as it doesn't affect your connection with us. Also, 
I just want to also say, as we are recording this podcast, we are still receiving emails. I got two push notifications <laughs> about this movie <laughs> on my phone as as Whitney was talking. So, I mean, clearly this struck a chord with many people. All right. I wrote down all my notes so that I wouldn't forget anything. So these are all just little prompts for me. Uh, but I'll, I'll go through them quickly because both of you have said a lot of what uh, of what I have already felt about this. So right out of the gate, there was a chance for Tenet to be the best time travel movie this year, but Christopher Nolan is stubborn and foolish, and so it's Face the Music. Face the Music is the best time travel movie this year. Maybe the best movie this year. I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen all the movies that come out this year, but it might be the best. That's all I'm going to say. It might be. We'll see, but I, uh, there's a chance. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, not to bury the lead, um, I just like unabashedly love this movie. He's obsessed, guys. Like I didn't want to the like ruin it before he got to it, but he is obsessed with this film. This movie, I, so I watched it twice the day it came out. Like I watched it and I was like, oh my god! And uh, you know, I'll admit, like I cried at the end, but I got teary eyed probably four times throughout. Like, when Rufus shows up, I almost lost my shit entirely. Like, I paused the movie. Wow. And I was like, God. And I know that it's because they are manipulating my nostalgia. However, mm -hmm. it was strong to it begin worked. with. Like, there are movies that have tried that that have failed. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's that it was good in the first place, which makes it powerful this far out from it. So I'll say, like, this movie is... It's weird. Whitney, you brought this up. I think, Ev, you touched on this a little bit. But this movie is like almost anachronistic in how earnest mm -hmm. it is. And mm -hmm. because yeah. we have like, we're in this time now where there's like a lot of cynicism and sarcasm. And it's like, it's weirdly full circle. Because if you think about where we were when the first Bill and Ted came out in like the late 80s, we had all these disaffected youths on screen. <laughs> And I feel mm -hmm. like we're like everything's full circle, right? So in a time where we just have like all this really kind of like dark, depressing shit, which don't get me wrong, I love. I also watch. It's great. Uh, this is like a breath of fresh air because it's not trying right. to be anything other than earnest. And I got to just mad props, mad props. As Whitney also said, the idea that they took like he, it, in the first two films, like these are teens with their whole lives ahead of them. Uh, but they have their whole lives ahead of them. So it's like a hopeful story. Like they're going to write the song. It's going to be fine. And then we're here and they still haven't done it. I, I really, really like that. And again, one of the other things that made me get a little choked up was like when Ted was like, I'm going to sell the, the Les Paul. I was like, holy shit. I did not expect this movie to go to these places. It hit me hard. I was like, damn. Yeah, I had a Les Paul. And so that was a little. <laughs> so you were right <laughs> Yeah, and sunburst. Totally. It's beautiful. Simpatico, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that this movie took the best elements of the first and the second films, and the, it just, like, lay, it layered them incredibly. Like, Billy and Thea is, that's excellent adventure, right? And it was mm -hmm. awesome because they got their own little excellent adventure inside this movie. And then... Dennis Caleb McCoy somehow took the best parts of like Robot Bill and Ted and Death, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and put them together in this like it's a it's it's a spoof of your 
uh, murderous future robot, right? He's like the anti-Terminator. He has like a conscience, and it was it was it was great. It was totally unexpected because as soon as you see him, you're like, "Fuck!" I kind of ah, they're going with this storyline. <laughs> he kills them by accident. And he's looking around. And you're like, "Oh, I think they're going to try something different here," and it was great. I'll echo uh, again, both of you, Kid Cudi playing that that role. It, it, he was right. Like for me, it was Dennis Caleb McCoy and Kid Cudi, like neck and neck. Like every single word they said made me laugh, made me smile. Mm-hmm. I was happy about. I love how self aware they like those two characters seem to be of the story mm-hmm. that they were in. Mm-hmm. I think the self awareness was key to making this work with all of the like sweetness. Yes, of course. The self awareness is why it still played as well as it did. Yeah, it, it really, really worked. Um, I will say that one of the coolest things that, I don't know if it was exact, I don't know if the time was exact, but when they were referencing, like, we only have 77 minutes left, dude, and I, like, checked the remaining time of the movie, and I was, if you, like, subtract credits, I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, there were 77 minutes of the movie left, and I just like how they kept doing that throughout, <laughs> like, they're like, oh, shit, it felt like a real countdown to the end, a literal and a metaphorical one, I really, really enjoyed that. So I have two gripes. These are my only two gripes. Whitney, maybe you could chime in here. I think one of our listeners also wrote in about this. The, uh, the princess's storyline, I feel like there, there was probably something very super interesting to be explored there. But it was like we set up this problem and then we sideline them. Like they're traveling through time and a journey that we never see. We never meet the older thems. We don't know too much about what was happening over there. Um, I did. I did like it. Like they go back and they're like, oh shit, we're totally making it worse. And like, they're going to show up, but don't go, but you're going to go. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, I like the whole conceit of that. I wish we had seen a little bit more of that, but I, again, I don't know how much that would have like, now we're adding like basically a fourth storyline into this T- traveling time as well. So it's like, it could get very confusing very quickly. So I kind of see why they might've skipped over that. Um, and then my last gripe with this film and it's surprising. Literally no one is about the time travel itself. Okay. I have a couple of issues with the time travel. I honestly wasn't even going to bring it up because it's like, it's so not a thing right now in this movie. No one's expecting the time travel to be sensical or coherent. Perfect. But I had a lot of issues with this as well. Yeah, the, the, at a high level, all I'll say is the previous Bill and Ted movies, um, we traveled from present to the future where everything was resolved, and we never traveled to the near future. So, like, we never saw an alternate timeline, if that makes sense. So, like, the futures that Bill and Ted in this movie traveled to two years, five years, three 20 years out, whatever the prison one was, never actually happened because they did the thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. that broke the t- that, that broke the timeline. Kind uh-huh. of. I think the main crux of this movie of having a countdown clock is completely inexcusable in a time travel movie. <laughs> you can't have a countdown clock in a time travel movie because sure. you know what? You hit the end of the countdown. You just go back to when you got the information and you have that 75 minutes again. Yeah. And so like there is no <laughs> there is no theoretical end to this clock, which makes it not a real consequence. That's the same problem. 
not again, time travel, whatever. It's the same thing that happens with Terminator where they're like, it's judgment day. It's like, well, we're going to stop it. It's like, well, <laughs> no, you being here means you didn't. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That was my <laughs> tiny gripe with it. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Calls the loops are weird. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, that's it. I absolutely, I've, I, so I am not on, I believe it was Melissa's level. I've probably watched, I've probably watched this movie about six times, um, since it came out. This is one that I don't generally rewatch movies a lot. This one just brings me to a place like mentally where I'm like, man, it's, it's going to be okay. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's, it makes me, it, it gives me that endorphin rush and I love it. So, um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I really, really enjoy it. Actually, and I won't say enough good things about it. I actually pulled a quote here that perfectly sums up my feelings about it uh, and more eloquently than I ever could put it. So I grabbed this from the RogerEbert.com review. It's Brian Telerico. He said, it's a movie that almost dares you not to like it. It's goofy in all the right ways and even serves as a reminder that it's never too late to face the music, but only if we do it together. And I'm like, Aww. God damn it, Brian. <laughs> so <Aww>. good. So <laughs> good. I liked it. it. As cheesy and as corny as the whole situation at the end was, I was like, man, I'm all in on this. All in. And uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really wonderful. Nice. Do we have any other thoughts, feelings, concerns about? Bitcoin? So did did you like it then? Just wanted wanted to wrap that up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll say it just to go on the record. Um, Billy and Thea were like probably the 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 show stealers in this movie. I thought they were that they incredible. Were, yeah, both of those actresses are great. I already knew both of them from from various projects. I've watched all of Atypical. I think she's great in that. She did a very good job of being Bill and Ted-like. Yeah. Um, I thought that Samara really stepped into it. I feel like... I feel like... They both did a good job of making it their own. I feel like Samara was more comfortable in it, but didn't go as far into the, like, mimicry... I feel like when you're talking about doing a good impression of Bill and Ted, you know, one of them did well and the other one made it their own. Right. Yes. But exactly. I think they I think they did a good job on both ends. But that's just sort of how how the two different actresses approached it. But I think that their connection with one another growing up as like Bill and Ted as dads. Like they never said, hey, dad, they were like, it's dads. <laughs> yeah, B and T, um, Billy and I, I Thea. Think, yeah. yeah, being being that even closer than Bill and Ted were, I think they played that well. Yeah, um, and they are just both incredible actresses who have very long careers ahead of them, and they did so good in this movie. Looking forward to seeing everything else that they they produce. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. All right, Evan, are you excited? Because I think it's time. It's time. I Am I have missed this? How wild would it be if Evan won? <laughs> Crazier things have happened. It's true. It's true. Let's knock on the void and see if we can get old uh, old Charles to come on out. Here we go. <laughs> Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose. I don't lose. I win. 
got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh my gosh. If you don't know already, 77 episodes in, Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. If they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. You need to remember that shit. It's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are most likely some Evan. bonus round. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't want to call you out specifically, but you're going to have to remember some shit. But uh, I did. <laughs> As is as is your role on this. Podcast. Yeah, God, I would have been worried. Uh, there are probably some bonus round questions. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, I'd like to hand it over to the master of ceremonies, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, Charles. Hey, Charles. Hey, I haven't met you. <laughs> Hello, Evan. How are you? Does anyone call you Chuck? No, my name oh. is Charles. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Hey, Charles. Hello. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Does anyone call you Ev? Constantly. <laughs> All right, Ev. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Jo- uh, Charles Jody says hello. Hello, Jody. And Jody also says, "You got this, Evan." So, you got. I, why am I not seeing these? I'm on Periscope. I don't know what you're doing. You're on the wrong Try person. looking a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. There it is. I looked harder. Uh, well okay. done. Thanks. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> that gives you no points. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Charles, it's your, it's your show now. Take us away. All right. Well, let's begin with Ev. <laughs> mm. Shit. <laughs> The name of the song that they perform at Deacon and Missy's wedding is named That Which Binds Us in Time, The Chemical, Physical, and Biological Nature of Love, An Exploration of the Meaning of What? Is it Love, Humanity, or Meaning? Mm, It is Meaning. That is correct. Nicely done. This guy was watching the film. All right. Mm-hmm. I did. I like music. Let's hope that that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Whitney. Which instrument is not played during the wedding song? Was it bagpipes, flugelhorn, or theremin? Flugelhorn. That is correct. Nicely nice. done. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. Moving on to Andrew. All right. On what day was the movie officially greenlit? Oh, no. Was Whoa. it May 8th, 2018, June 9th, 2018, or July 10th, 2018? <laughs> Shit. I already forgot the middle one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... Same. <laughs> I'm going to say May 8th, 2018. That is correct. Yes! Thank God. Oof. Oof, that bad. was a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I'd forgotten Charles. all of them by the time he was done talking, so I had no hope of stealing. Oh, boy. All right. <sighs> Back up to the top. With Evan. Oh, yes. At what time was the world supposed to end? 
Was it 617, 717, or 817? Uh, Charles, I believe the time was 717. That is correct. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) Coming back with a vengeance. As a bonus question that gives no points, does anybody know why 717 is significant? No. 717. Is that a date? It's July 17th? No. Something? It is exactly 69,420 seconds into the day. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 69,420. Wow. Classic oh, Now Solomon. I'm thinking of the Rent song. Amazing. <laughs> Moving on to Whitney. Yes. When they put buckets over their heads to not remember where they go, <laughs> what color bucket does Ted have on? Oh, my God. Is it red, blue, or yellow? I... Mm, blue? That is correct! Yeah. Holy okay. shit! I thought, was... I thought it was blue and the other... I know the other was red, but I yeah. wasn't sure if I had the guys right. Thank goodness <laughs> I did. Wild. <laughs> That's funny. Bill was wearing a blue shirt and had a red bucket, and Ted had a blue bucket and was wearing a red shirt. <laughs> Colors, mm. you know? Colors. Matrix reference. <laughs> Colors. How do they work? <laughs> I don't understand because I don't see them. <laughs> That's oh, a joke. Whoa. Of course I do. <laughs> okay. I was oh. say, we're learning more about Charles every day up until the end. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on to Andrew. <laughs> What is the name of the retirement community where Bill and Ted are in 2067? Whoa. Was it Graceful Geriatrics, Peaceful (laughs) Pastures, or Friendly Folks? (laughs) I think it was Peaceful Pastures. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Six times watching it paid off, truly. (laughs) Clearly, I did not make this hard enough as everyone has gotten their <laughs> questions correct. Holy mackerel. <sighs> or right. we're just like really on it, Charles. Could Can be you it. maybe give us the credit? I guess I could do that. <laughs> You're all doing great. Thanks, oh, Charles. Back up to the top of the round for the last round of regulation. Okay. Pop quiz asshole with Evan. What sport is death playing when Bill and Ted greet him in hell? Is it tetherball, solitaire, or basketball? Um, I feel like he was playing two, but one of them was definitely tetherball. That is correct. (laughs) Wasn't he... He was doing also playing else? hopscotch. He was doing hopscotch. And, hopscotch, and that's cheating. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheating and yeah. hopscotch. <laughs> right, right. That's not a, I guess that's not a sport. Or am I going to get in trouble for saying that? It's more of a game. Okay, yeah. great. And I'll check Thanks, but Charles. But so is solitaire, and I put that in as an option, so who knows? <laughs> Charles always has my back. Evan, I will always have your back. God, you're the best. But Thanks, mostly Charles. from the void. Moving on to Whitney. Yes. What piece 
of Wild Stallion's merch does Death have framed on his wall? Oh, nice. Is it a record, a t-shirt, or a jacket? A t-shirt. That is incorrect. <gasps> Uh-oh. Uh, it was a jacket. I did not hear anyone say steal. <laughs> so that is unfortunate for whoever said that thing they said. What? I had to say, oh, you was that in the steal directions? Yeah. Steal? Oh, Evan, yes, you have chosen to steal. <laughs> it was a jacket. That is correct. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be dishonorable. I, you know, I, I could have snatched it, but I didn't. It's fine. There was also an album on the wall, but I don't remember whose it was. Might have been his. Mm -hmm. You never know. I believe it was one of his solo albums. <laughs> oh, great call. Paler Good work, than Charles. Pale, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I believe you're thinking Pale on Pale. Pale on Pale. Oh, <laughs> pale on Pale. Got him. Got him. Oh, my goodness. I haven't seen this movie. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Charles. Can't, yeah. Can't beat Charles. It's Moving fair. on to Andrew. Oh, boy. In what year was it initially announced that Bill and Ted 3 was in the works? God. Was it 2010, 2012, or 2014? Ooh. Man. <sighs> Did it take 10 years to make this movie? Ah. Did it take six years to make this movie? <laughs> I'm gonna That's good math, Andrew. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm, you know, I'm gonna do the middle path like Buddhists. I'm gonna say 2012. That is incorrect. God yeah. damn it. Oh boy. Steel. Whitney. 2010. That is correct. Holy Jesus. <laughs> I do think she said steal. Eight years of development to officially get greenlit, and then two years from there. Oof. That's, that's, hmm. that hurts. It's a long time. That hurts. Long time, fam. But it, you know what? I think it was destined, because what year would we have appreciated it as much as 2020? N yeah. Oh, what if it came question. out, what if it came out three years ago? It would not have been as good as if it came out now. Came and went. Let me run some simulations. <laughs> It would not have been anywhere near as successful. That's fast. Wow, that was there you fast. Go. Yeah. The void has excellent computing power <laughs> and 12G internet speeds. <laughs> wow. Got to get Wow. Got to get there eventually. Hmm. Yeah. And now we move on to our bonus round of questions. Ooh. For those who are just tuning in for the first time, great timing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that me? Did she say me? I think she did. Oh. Uh -huh. No, I just had a little coughing fit. It's allergies. Yeah. Oh. Say it's fever that, season, y'all. You know. I would suggest some water. <laughs> <laughs> In the bonus round, the questions are not posed to any one particular person. Whoever buzzes in first gets to guess their answer. Let's hear everybody's buzzer sound, starting with Andrew. Uh, that would be bzzz. Thank you. Whitney, what does your buzzer sound sound like? Me. Fantastic. Evan, not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> what does that buzzer sound sound like? Beep, bop, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I 
my eardrum. God. There you go. You're welcome. I can't hear the questions. What a, what I a... want everyone to know that I have the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got real close to the mic for that, Andrew. Thanks. It's going to be great to edit. <clears throat> Is that acceptable, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for being unprofessional, but yes, that is very acceptable. Did I break Charles? You, you may broke have. Charles. Oh, God. Lord. That's the first I've ever heard Charles genuinely emote. I can't be, I can't be here. I'm bad for this show. What did I say? It's all right. The worst that can happen is we can do no episodes after this show. Oh, well, that's true. That's Good. True. Okay, perfect. Question number one. What song replaced those who rock at the top of the charts at the start of the movie? Oh, shit. Was it this. Ziggy Piggy Waiters, Fongalicious, or Tuna Nzai? <laughs> Evan. It was Ungalicious. Here's the thing. Ungalicious is not the name of the song. Well, I thought it was Fergalicious, but then you said Ungalicious, so I thought my eyes were wrong. It was Fongalicious. Oh, God. I will give you a half a point for pity. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) But, you know, I went Fergalicious and Ungalicious, so if you... Do a little combination action. Fergalicious. If you had said Fergalicious and Ungalicious, <laughs> instead of thinking Fergalicious, then maybe <laughs> you'd get full credit. Oh, man. Penalized for thoughts. I get it. That's fair. <laughs> but here's the thing. You're still in the lead. I so can't believe it. Somehow. Don't yes. sweat it too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Question yes. number two. <laughs> yes. Bill and Ted travel two years into the future to win their 50. What's the name of the hotel where they're playing an open mic? Is it La Bonita Hotel, the California Eagle Hotel, or the Moody Moon? Me. Whitney. The Moody Moon? That is incorrect. Andrew. The La Bonita Hotel. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Good job, Andrew. Thanks. Thanks. For the final question of the bonus round of what? Pop Quiz Asshole. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Approximately how many times is the word dude or dudes said oh my God. throughout this entire movie. <laughs> Was it 76, 92, or 113? Beep, beep, beep. Evan. <laughs> uh, 113. That is incorrect. Steel. Whitney. Damn it. 92? 92 is correct. Holy Hell mackerel. Yeah. 92 mm, times. Mm, mm, yeah, that feels mm, about right. Mm, that between, does feel right. Between them and the daughters. And mm-hmm. I think even the therapist throws a dude out there once or twice. <laughs> it is said like. a whole lot and counting all of those times. 
It's nice. Thank goodness we've got endless computing power because that would have been very annoying to do by hand. Mm. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Before I announce the winner of Pop Quiz Asshole, I'd like to go ahead and do Pop Quiz Audience. Keep that suspense out there for the winner. <laughs> okay. okay. Sounds good. You're in charge, Charles. Pop Quiz Audience is where you, the listener, get to play along with some trivia questions. Last episode, we went over Between Two Ferns. I had three Pop Quiz Audience questions that, very rightly, nobody answered. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What is the vegan janitor's name? Cecil. At what time did Will Ferrell tell Zach to stand outside? 3 p.m.? And what product did Zach try to get Tiffany Haddish to promote on the show? It was Foster's Beer. Okay. And now, the, the pop quiz audience for Bill and Ted Face the Music. What is the first line of the movie? Question two. What does Ted's heart tattoo say in the prison scene? Mm-hmm. And question three, what was the name of the solo album from Death that was reviewed as worse than Pale on Pale? (laughs) Nice. Great, great questions. Thank you. Tweet to me at the Nolan, T-H-E-N-O-W-L-I-N, or hashtag popquizaudience to get called out with your correct answers whenever our next episode is. It might be a while. <laughs> Who knows? It might be a while. Who knows? <laughs> and now, the winner of the last pop quiz asshole. Uh... With a score of three to four <laughs> to four and a half. <laughs> oh, no. Your winner is Evan. Oh, my oh, God. my God. <laughs> what? What is happening? Oh, I feel so good. It's like up is down, stop is go. Oh, I feel so good. Oh, yes. It'd be Whitney. Basket it. Basket it. Oh, Charles, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Evan. This is a victory for people everywhere that are not Whitney (laughs) or Andrew. Rude. That's true. I'd like to thank those people. You know what? Fair enough. Hmm. What an upset. What will you do with your victory trophy? What is it exactly? <laughs> it is the pride and honor of having won. Well, is it like a literal trophy? No, it's figurative. <laughs> oh, uh, in that case, I will mentally cherish it. Perfect. Wow. That sounds like a great plan. Delightful. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> What a ride. (laughs) I I still can't believe it. I'm in shock. I'm in shock. Mm. It comes out of of retirement. Yikes. For one last job. (laughs) I was rested, you know, well rested. I guess. I guess that's the explanation we go with. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. Charles, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for... Everything that you have Mm -hmm. uh, done over the course of the seasons and seasons of this show, putting together the questions, Mm. 
arriving from the void when when summoned. Uh, just every aspect of, of what you've done. Sincerely, thank you. I, it, it's awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me do this. You have, as I've said before, given me purpose. And that <laughs> is the best gift that I could be given. Mm. Wow. Other cool. than maybe a life-sized Keanu Reeves cardboard cutout. <laughs> Deal. Let Done. Me <laughs> Let me see about shipping to the void. Maybe I can take care of you in the holiday season. I don't know. We'll see. That would be wonderful. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh... As always, I bid you a good void, and and we'll talk again soon, no. I hope. Sooner rather yes. than later. Goodbye, Charles. A good void to you as well. Hopefully soon, it will win. And then everything will change. Mm. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without Jody. <laughs> <laughs> she said in the chat, yeah, look. Beep, beep, oh. beep, beep, bop, boop. Mm -hmm. Way to go, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I only have oh, permanent boy. hearing damage now, but that's cool. It was worth it, I guess, in the end. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I got you covered. All right. <laughs> that's fun. Good God. What a game. <laughs> oh. Whitney, you know, you have the honor of running us through the, the plot points of, of Bill and Ted face the music. So whenever you're ready. Yeah, I will admit mm -hmm. I'm going straight from Wikipedia this time because they did, a good job I was, they did a good job here. This is the most uh, elaborate Wikipedia summary we've had in many, in a, many movies. <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah, it, this like I feel like it's been like a good 10 or 15 movies since we've had a Wikipedia summary this thorough. But also, I was too invested in watching the movie and writing down my thoughts and feelings to actually take notes on the plot point. So. <laughs> yeah, I get that. So here we go. Here's what happens in Bill and Ted Face the Music. In 2020, Bill Preston and Ted Logan have failed to write a prophesied song to unite the world. And time and space are beginning to collapse. Their wives are mm. unhappy. And Ted confides in Bill that he does not believe that they will ever write the song. Kelly, the daughter of Bill and Ted's deceased time-traveling guide Rufus, arrives to take them to the future. They meet Kelly's mother, the great leader, who tells them that they have until 7.17pm that night to write the song or reality will collapse. Realizing they will not be able to write the song in time, Bill and Ted use Rufus's time-traveling phone booth to steal the song from their future selves. However, their future selves are unsuccessful and their wives have left them. They blame their past selves for their failures. With Bill and Ted missing, the great leader sends a time-traveling robot named Dennis to kill them, hoping this will restore balance to the universe. Kelly travels back to the present to warn them but instead meets their daughters, Billy and Thea, who decide to help their fathers create the song. Using Kelly's time machine, Billy and Thea recruit the musicians Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Ling Lun, and Grom, a drummer from before recorded history. <laughs> Bill and Ted travel to 2025, where they seemingly have become successful. However, they are tricked by their future counterparts, who try to pass off a song by Dave Grohl as a Wild Stallion song. <laughs> that was great. So yeah, good. The good whole joke. thing was great. Really great Dave Grohl little uh, cameo. 
I have to say, yeah, between so that cameo in this movie and the drum off that he's doing with that uh, British girl, that like twelve-year-old yes. British girl, I am like all in Dave Grohl camp these days, and I would not have thought that in twenty twenty I would care about Dave Grohl at all. No, but I he's do. Like probably the only person pure enough to be Keanu's best friend at this point. I think. <laughs> yeah, he's an awesome person, and he's very yes. funny. Yeah. Total sidetrack. I just, I love what he's doing with that little girl drummer, <laughs> and I love his cameo in this movie. So yeah. Billy, Thea, and their band return to the present to meet up with Kelly and a time-displaced kid, Cuddy. But Dennis inadvertently kills all of them and sends them to hell. Bill and Ted travel to 2067 and find their elderly future selves on their deathbeds. The elder Bill and Ted give their younger selves a USB drive containing the fabled song written by Preston slash Logan, stating that it must be performed at 7.17 p.m. at MP46. Dennis appears, but stands down upon learning Bill and Ted have the song and regretfully informs them that he killed their daughters. In an attempt to goad Dennis into killing them so that they can rescue their daughters in hell, Bill destroys the USB drive. This backfires as a distraught Dennis turns his weapon on himself, but <laughs> Bill and Ted throw themselves in the way of the beam. All three are sent to hell. And I just have to say that I lasered your daughters made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> the, the whole Please. back and forth with... Wait, you lasered them? Just saying lasered instead of shot them with a laser beam or whatever, the lasered yeah. thing was so funny to me. So anyway. Fantastic. Bill, Ted, and the robot are all sent to hell, where Bill and Ted locate their daughters and the band. With the help of their daughters, Bill and Ted settle their differences with their old bandmate, Death, to return everyone alive to the present. And I have to say, Death did a stellar job, and everyone knew that he was going to. Yeah. No one had any doubts. Like, a lot of people had a lot of doubts about this movie and whether it would be good or not. No one had doubts about death being good at being death. Because <laughs> right. that guy mm -hmm. crushed crush it. it. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to keep crushing it. He was, he was literally born to play death. So death loads everyone up in a SWAT van and returns them to the present. The group arrive on Interstate 210 at the MP46 marker, just as reality is collapsing. Bill and Ted realize that the Preston Logan on the USB drive actually refers to Billy and Thea, and that the song must be performed by everyone across time and space. They are joined by their wives, who have realized they are happiest in their current dimension. The four of them use Rufus's phone booth to create infinite copies of themselves across time and space, handing instruments to everyone who ever lived. Everyone across reality performs the song together with Billy and Thea producing while Bill and Ted lead the band on guitar. The universe is repaired and everyone returns to their proper time periods. Yay. And that That's is it. the film. That's did it. you guys, did you recognize the robot as in the actor? Yeah. Well, I knew who it was, so. But it's the guy from Barry, the mm -hmm. television show Barry. Yeah. And it took me a second. Because he like nails that. Russian accent so well and very yeah. that mm -hmm. I just like Anthony Carrigan. And yeah, in that show, phenomenal. he makes a lot of references to Keanu Reeves movies as well, which is hilarious. He's like, I am not like a John Wick type, you know? <laughs> oh, right. Seen That's the first so episode true. of Barry. So he was familiar to me, but I couldn't place him. Yeah. Wow. He turns out to be That's... quite a, quite a, a hilarious presence in, in that show. So, yes. Very eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's incredible. What a movie. Um, you know, and now upon thinking about it, even, even C major at a hundred and what was it? 112 beats per minute or whatever it was mm-hmm. is yeah. like a, you know, I guess if you were like in, I don't know too much about music, but that feels like a pretty basic bitch situation to me, right? C major, one twelve, sure. right? For sure. Or but what? it still yeah. works. And that just, just like that's how earnest this movie is. Like we're not going to try some weird off time signature or anything. It's going to be the most basic song that everyone will like. Yeah. And I don't know. I just there's something about it because it's, it's about great. everybody pulling together. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some from like a musical science perspective like everybody's going to relate with a 4-4 time signature everybody's going to be good with a 112 BPM like there's anyone can jump in on C major because it's like an easy scale so it I think that they were if they weren't subtly trying to put it across which I think they might have been it it is it's a a musical setup that like anyone can get on board with see it all checks out it all checks out oh my gosh what a film what a goddamn I, film. I really I really loved when they met their like alcoholic selves um at the hotel and he and he said you're a dick Ted like that <laughs> <laughs> to himself. Yeah. It was just so well done and like their whole get up with him with like the goatee and everything was just so funny. Yeah. But that line just You're landed so well. I also, so th- you guys mentioned a dislike of the time travel. Um, I kind of thought it was like a little bit of a it was, layman's way to. Yeah, it was fun. Show it. But it yeah. certainly wasn't sensical. Is that just because of the countdown thing or other reasons? Well, like Andrew said, there's two things. One is the countdown, and you can't have a countdown clock in a time travel movie. Right. And the other is the fact that they stay in one time line. They're only going forward in one timeline. So they only meet future selves in one instance with one set of decisions being made. When they're going through all of time and space and potentially dealing with multiple timelines and stuff like that. And even, you know, there's just, there's so much that's not mentioned about other possibilities of how things could go down. Yeah, that's fair. I, but there's, there's something out there, right? We've talked about this before, where as a time travel movie, you kind of like pick the style of time travel that you're going to do. Yeah. There's definitely like multiple, you know, like uh butterfly effects or whatever. Yeah, no, you definitely have to narrow you have to narrow it down of like what theories, what potential like foibles or pitfalls or whatever. You have to choose one specific style for sure. Right. Like Because depending on the movie like you Looper, watch. Loopers didn't necessarily make sense if you started poking holes in it, but was very mm-hmm. visually appealing. And they were yeah. like, we're not going to worry about the plot holes so much as we're going to worry about being true to this one particular version of time travel. Yeah, because, you know, there's plenty out there that would say you can't engage with yourself. So, like, that's... <laughs> yeah, Back to the total. Future rules, you'd, right. you'd undo yeah. existence at this point. 
Uh, you start disappearing from from Polaroids. Right, it's impossible. It's an impossible situation. <laughs> really, why would that Polaroid yeah. have been taken if you weren't there in the first place? There's yeah. a lot what, of logical What, are you going to take a picture fallacy. of one person? <laughs> Come on. The thing is, uh, my only issue with it is that they changed from the first two movies the type of time travel we were talking about. That's right. But it's a small, it's like a nitpick, really. In the first movie, it was there's one timeline, they jump around on the single timeline. So there was never any room for failure. Yeah. So this one, we see these alternate things that actually, like, they never go to prison because we figured it out. That's, you know, so it's, they branched out into like alternate realities rather than single timeline. That's all. Yeah. And they call it out there. Like, we can't beat them up because it's us and they're going to. Keep us from being in jail. I get it. Yeah, um, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but it's yeah. just, you know, time travel's weird. I got a little upset with um, the poor, like instrument dubbing. Did you guys notice <laughs> that? Oh, with the horn in the beginning. I, re- I the trumpet. Oh, the trumpet, so <laughs> off. <laughs> Small. I mean, I you mean, know, you can't expect. Keanu does so much compare, well. Trumpet compare too. Compare how poor. The sinking of the trumpet was to how good of an impersonator that Louis Armstrong was. That dude was crazy good. That dude. Okay. All right. Hold on. He was good, but was he too good? <laughs> Is that possible? I don't to know. Be too good? Was you he? know like? Can you can you like overdo it right? Because you you see Louis Armstrong. He potentially definitely only in video. And so, do you, I don't know. I felt like I felt like it was more of a uh, like an embellishment of Louis Armstrong. Potential. I mean, potential. I don't know. But maybe I thought that dude it was, was great like that, because I think that he captured the essence of Louis Armstrong, but actually did a few things different. He got a few core things perfect. Sure. Yes. Like the voice and the smile. Uh-huh. The smile definitely. was crazy good. Um, and the cheeks when he's actually playing the trumpet, like that's a huge thing oh, from so Louis. Just the little details, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of that was, was really interesting. It's tough, right? To do like that, that kind of acting. It's more of an impersonation, it. you know? Yeah. Um, I wanted a lot more Dave Grohl. I was a little upset that <laughs> I mean, we didn't see more of him he had the perfect amount of like it's it's just the concept that dave Grohl wrote a song that was so good that it convinced bill and ted (laughs) that that's the song that'll save the world yeah yeah that idea (laughs) i laughed heartily because they're like this isn't our song it's dave Grohl." (laughs) right so good oh yeah oh my gosh yeah one little other call out I forgot because we were talking so much about Dennis Caleb McCoy. I just like how Kelly was on the phone with her mom and she's like, you named the robot after my ex-boyfriend? All of this stuff. <laughs> That's like, right. I, <laughs> I think that she's great as an actress yeah. in general. I don't think she's the part of funny. Kelly oh, yeah. was like so integral to the plot. But all of the stuff with her on the phone with her mom of like when she's in hell and she's like, thanks, mom, I'm in hell. And you named the yeah. robot after my ex-boyfriend? And ever- all of that stuff was golden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes up to her. He's like, I'm Dennis Kaylee. And she's like, no, no. <laughs> shoot, shoot, get away. 
Is she? Yeah, she's a, a a very very funny lady, Kristen Shaw. Uh, you know, also in uh, what uh, Toy Story? She was also in Toy Story with Keanu. She's the Triceratops. So there you go. Oh, also in Last Man on Earth, which is amazingly funny. There you go. I think she was also in Tommy Boy too, wasn't she? Or what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see what you did, did you there. See, did you get that one up? <laughs> That was a good throwback. <laughs> deep cut, deep reference oh, man. there. There's only like three people that would know that kind of a deep reference, reference. And they're all on wow. this exact podcast right now. <laughs> oh, man. Good old days. All right. We're drawing out the end. Let's get to the next part of the show here. I don't want it to end. This is the simplest question uh, I don't even think we need to ask it, but just, you know, for pomp and circumstance, I must. Evan, mm. do you ultimately mm. recommend this film? Yes, no. Uh, <laughs> Son of a This bitch. is it's a hard th- one. This comes back to what I said at the beginning. Like, I don't think I would recommend it to anyone or everyone. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell my dad to watch this. It's <laughs> like he he hasn't seen Bill and Ted. He, okay. he doesn't. But um yeah, I think the right audience. It ju- it feels a little. It it's kind of culty, right? It's like very culty. It's there's a lot of fan service in it for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of tough to just like blanket. But yeah, in the right setting, I think if it like came up in a at a conversation at a party where everybody had masks on, it they'd be like, yeah, you should check it out. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's like it's a, not a no, it's not a <laughs> but I'm not like yeah gonna post about it or stand on my roof and shout. Watch Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, since since everyone's home and this weather, if people's windows are open, they'd probably hear me. All right, I mean, hey, that's worth. Yeah, it's like a lukewarm recommend. I'm gonna mark it down as a yes, but like a qualified yeah. yes. I'm not gonna even put an asterisk. It is. I'm just going. It to, is qualified. That's fine. Not <laughs> yeah. not too dead, but ultimately yes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney, yeah. are you recommending this film? Yes, I am. Okay. Andrew, that was, are you that recommending was, this film? Of course. Even to my dad, I would recommend mm-hmm. this film. I will recommend and it to my dad. Whether whether or not he even enjoys he's never seen Bill and Ted. I guarantee yeah, he's I don't, never seen it. I don't know if mine has other, but I'd recommend it still. I'd be like, look, hey, you have there are worse ways to spend 80 minutes or whatever, however long this movie is, you know? So Yeah. Don't stop re- stop rewatching Mash or whatever, and just watch. Bill. Oh, how dare you say that! <laughs> I mean, if you've seen it, it's fine. Watch Bill yeah, and Ted okay. six or seven times instead. Fine. How many times all are you right, gonna watch fine. Mash? It's all I'm God, saying. I'm not gonna not gonna win this battle. <laughs> okay, that's been logged. So I have to do a quick mini re reckoning. Whitney, I talked about this. I only have two notes here. Okay. Uh, let me pull up this document here. Oh, okay, I'm in. Guess what? I moved two things and they are, I have it written down. Parabellum jumped from number 10 on my list to number seven on my list. And really, honestly, (laughs) listeners, he did that for fear of his own bodily safety when Uh I am around. Yeah, there was the threat of violence. I'll say that. Wow. So, um, I threatened yeah, to I mean, hang hmm. him with his own lower intestine. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
She's been wow. watching a lot of Hannibal recently, so that is graphic. <laughs> it's... Could it even support your own weight? Yeah. Oh, I'm curious. Do you have to braid it? <laughs> it's pretty strong. Wait, do you want to field that one? Yeah, I, I imagine it's probably. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, hmm. there's that. All right. So that one. Okay. So Parabellum jumps from ten to seven, mm-hmm. and then the Watcher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which is. Uh, Ev's number nine film, just for re- just for reference. Still the Watcher jumps yes, from is. number fifty-one to forty-one for me, so it jumped See, a whole yeah, ten you're... spots. That sounds way better. Should've, yeah, should have gone up to nine. <laughs> no, <laughs> which would knock out Constantine. I don't think so, uh, sir. <laughs> no. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Fine, you can be wrong. That's my mini re-reckoning right, right there. That's all. And I just had to move those yes. two. Yes, and then where are you putting Bill and Ted Face the Music? I am going to put, all right, con- controversy perhaps, as the British would say. No, I know that's not true. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> no. write me, British listeners. No I know that's some made up shit. No him. one says it I how did. he just said it. I know, it's terribly made up. I, re- I heard Benedict Cumberbatch talk about that they don't say it controversy, but in apparently in American written English things, that's how they want them to pronounce it. It's terrible, but I do it on purpose now. I'm going to put it number eight for me, right under Parabellum. Uh, This feels great for me. Uh, That is, I knew it was going to be a top 10 movie. That's, that's where it's going to go for me. I love it there. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm putting it at number nine between Constantine and Man of Tai Chi. Perfect. My top 10 mm. is now John Wick Parabellum in the number one spot. John Wick Chapter 2 in the number two <laughs> spot. John Wick in the number three spot. Uh-huh. Then The Matrix, Speed, Much Ado About Nothing, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Constantine, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Man of Tai Chi. That feels very good to me personally. Yeah. That's mm. a great list. I've got to be honest. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> All right. Ev? <laughs> uh, oh, man. This feels very out of context. <laughs> I know that you've been watching along with every movie, even though you haven't Every been single here. one. I just, yeah, forgot to put them in. Yeah, I know that um, your list is a, little, is a little behind. So real quick, just run us through every movie we've done so far. Just kind of <laughs> slot them in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, do a couple easy mini, ones. Hold on. Mini, mini reckoning. Mini yep. reckoning for Ev. Place John Wick one two three because I know for a fact that you've seen those. I mean, what, yes, are they one? The first are they the first three? The first, the first John Wick is the best movie ever made, so that's gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not Parabellum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so rude! <laughs> Why would you say uh, that? Whitney's got it at number one. Parabellum's two. Okay. Chapter two is three. What a wild person you are. You're crazy. Uh, it's unbelievable. And then uh, and then we're back in kind of the same place now. Sure. And then Bill and Ted, uh, that goes, well, you know, face the music, I should say. Uh, For reference, everyone, at this point now on Evan's list, Excellent Adventure is down at number 19. And Bogus Journey is, where is it? Oh, 29. So, let's see. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) All right, let me see here. I would 
I always do this, like, what would I rather watch mm -hmm. more? Yeah, that's a great way to do it. So I think it's going to go after Devil's Advocate. Holy! Oh, wow! Look! Look at us! We got Evan to put a Bill and Ted film in his it goddamn top, top ten. Top ten. Holy Wow. Shit. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, well, keeping you on your toes. Yeah, winning trivia. <laughs> Bill and Ted in your top ten. I don't. It's a new man. I don't know what's going on at all anymore. Quarantine has taken a toll on all of us. <laughs> Clearly, it hit some of us harder Evan than others. Evan has come back to us a whole different person. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> it's true. It's true. There you go. There you go. That feels great. What a list. So we heard Whitney's. What a list. Uh, my top 10 is this. John Wick, uh, John Wick Chapter 2, The Matrix Speed, Excellent Adventure, Point Break, Parabellum, Face the Music, Much Ado, and Constantine. Uh, love, also I love, very solid. Yeah, I love that. It edged out, unfortunately, Man of Tai Chi, but I still feel great that it's in like the top 15. That's like a nice sweet spot right there. Ev's top 10. Uh, is John Wick, Parabellum, and then Chapter 2, as we said, and The Matrix. And for some reason, The Matrix Reloaded, Above Speed and Point Break, <laughs> The Replacements, The Devil's Advocate, and, of course, Face the Freaking Music. So there you go. There you go. It, you know, it's good to have you back, even for this last one as we're on our way out. You keep us, keep us guessing the whole goddamn time. <laughs> That's me. Okay. Uh, Are you going to bring this in for a landing? <laughs> it's been a minute, but yes. The uh, <laughs> recommendations have been locked, as have the rankings. So, this is normally the part where I say, hey, next week you could check this out. But guess what? We, we don't got shit lined up for next week because we're, we're, we've reached the end. This is kind of unprecedented. This is most unprecedented, as some might say. So, I'd like to encourage everybody... Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, search for The Kurt Locker and you will find it. I stealth launched it. It's out there. It's on Spotify. <gasps> it's on Apple Music. You can get it right now. There's only a trailer up, okay? Uh, Whitney and I, the rest of the gang, uh, we're going to take October off and be spooky and rest and do all that good stuff. But we'll be back in your ears in like early, mid-November, to kick things off in earnest with the Kurt Locker. That feels that feels like a great starting point for us. Would you agree, Whitney? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ev, you, you, yeah. know, you hey, can obviously come for Kurt as well if you want to. If you want to be on for Backdraft because you might bring some firefighter-related knowledge that I don't know about, you could do that. I'm down. I'm down. Okay. See? I'm down. I think you're going to hear a lot of the same voices you've heard here. Maybe some interesting new ones if if they will say yes and commit to a date. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, Goldie Hawn. I, I, I would love to have Goldie on. That's, why not? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get I'll it. I'll reach out. I don't give a shit. I, you know, we've mm -hmm. had people sign up for this thing. I'm like, I don't know how we did it. I don't know how we did it. <laughs> Just ask. I subscribed. I subscribed. Oh, uh, thank you. You'll be like me, everyone. Yeah, be like Evan. Be like Evan and subscribe to the oh, Kurt Locker. Only in this specific arena. <laughs> That's probably very smart. smart. I would I would advise discretion in certain other areas, mm. but yes, right, yes, it's important. <laughs> and keep it mm -hmm. measured. Keep it measured. 
you. So that's everything. So subscribe to The Kurt Locker. We are super excited about it. I know some people here, as have mentioned in many of the emails, are very trepidatious about about giving them about handing themselves over to a new actor. But uh, of of every actor, uh, Kurt Russell is is one good. Two has had an incredibly varied career. And three, as far as I could tell, because we did a, a fair amount of research, is as unproblematic as Keanu, which is one of the rarest qualities you could possibly have. So uh, do that. We yeah, would love we to like have to you. Yeah, we like to do this about, about good folks. Right. I'm not trying to celebrate no assholes. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the backup. Got you, boo-boo. <laughs> Whitney. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Um, you, we're not doing this for October, but I believe you could be found other places. Tell people where you could be found other places in October. Yes, at Whitney underscore Nelson N E L S E N on Twitter, and through there you can find my other podcasts. Um, most notably, Historical Hotties, which has been on hiatus but is coming back up in October. We are talking about uh, real people in history who have rumored to have been cursed. Uh, is the next episode, and the episode after that is real people in history who are rumored to be ghosts haunting a place. Hmm. And not only are they real and rumored to be cursed and or haunting somewhere, yeah. but they're also hot. <laughs> Which is clutch. It's it's key. I mean, it's that's about title. as interesting a story as you can get. Sure. Wait, you're going to tell me about somebody who's rumored to have a curse and also was attractive? Uh, sign me up. Yeah. So there's that. Also, uh, Whitney Nelson on Instagram with no underscore, still spelled N-E-L-S-E-N, if you want to see pictures of my dog, primarily. Some food pictures, occasionally something else, but mostly dog pictures. Um, Most recently, uh, pictures of my dog's eyelashes. (laughs) (laughs) They're, They're lovely. They're beautiful eyelashes. Yeah. I said I said that I want to eat them off his eyes like little vermicellis. <laughs> mm. Little saute them in some butter or whatever you mm-hmm. want to do, and then you know little tiny mm. dog vermicellis. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Don't a- like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for your episode on haunt- people haunting places. I visited mm-hmm. a hotel in Savannah, Georgia, once where. Uh, it's booked out for years because apparently there is a lady ghost there that will appear to people naked sometimes. I don't know if you're Savannah's I don't know proper if you're, haunted. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of people died there. A lot of people died there, but there is a hotel down there that's yeah. Like I said, you can go visit it, but it's booked out. This particular room is booked out five six years out uh, because ghost naked ghost lady. So pretty rad. Cool. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Evan, I'd be lying Ooh. if I said uh, I wasn't looking forward to this. Mm. <laughs> where, where can people find you on the internet, buddy? Uh, well, in my time away, boy, have I been busy. Now, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Evan Acre. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just joined Periscope, so you can find wow. me there under the same just name. Just now, yeah. Uh, on Twitter at Evan Acre. Uh-huh. Uh Absolute 
terrible follow. Yeah, I was going to say, but should they follow you? Yeah, some things never change, you know? Complete waste of time. And, but like a passive follow, you know? Like, it could be fun. It could be a celebration when you see a tweet from me. Like, oh my gosh, how is Ev? I haven't heard from him in so long. So, you know, it's up to you. Boost those numbers. I understand. I understand. And then also. Oh, man. Uh, no, that's. <laughs> oh, untapped. <laughs> if you drink beers oh. and you want to see how many beers I drink, check me out on untapped. He drinks all the beers. If you follow him on untapped, you would know all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> Is that it? No. Yeah, I mean, I think I gave you plenty. Should keep you busy, you know? Perfect. Perfect. Um, Actually, I have a second Instagram, but I'll let people find that on their own. I, yeah. All right. I like that one. I, I'm, I enjoy that, that one quite a bit. That's a good one. So I'll tell everyone on the uh, on Twitter account. <laughs> I... Uh, so I'm not going to speak about myself here uh, because we are at the end for the foreseeable future. I liked what uh, Zoe said about a slowdown, which is what I like to, that's a good word for this. I think um, I am, we're, you know, we're running out the clock here. I'm a little bit more emotional about this than I thought I would be because we don't. This yeah, is like something I look forward to. I've been playing to. it very cool, but yeah. I am not not cool right now. Uh, yeah, and I mean, literally, when we show up every week and we have our pop quiz and we get to chat and 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 uh, do this, it's it's very cathartic. It's like a it is something to look forward to. And so, first of all, I honestly. And genuinely want to thank both of you for getting in early on this endeavor with me. Because I, I probably would not have seen it through if you two were not there like, and had my back and, and showed up uh, the entire time. So serious. It was, it's awesome that Evan was able to be here for this for me and for, this, for everybody, really. But uh, Whitney and, and Ev, thank you both for... <laughs> Going along with this kind of crazy idea, almost two years ago. Absolutely, it's crazy. Thanks, Absolutely. thanks for spearheading. It. <laughs> yeah, I warned you that I'd literally never say no to your ideas. So, <laughs> so there you go. It's perfect. It's perfect. The, um, the, the. It's 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 weird. Like the hardest part of the of a podcast is everything that is not this. Like being here. This is the this is the best time. But then you have like scheduling, and you got to do your notes, and you got to watch the thing, you got to think critically about it. And it's like that is that is actual work. Like it takes up time out of your life. So again, you have both put in a significant. I actually have it right here for Whitney and I. Whitney, uh, we have uh, watched. If if you know, assuming you've only watched the entire movie one time through. We have watched 123 hours and 17 minutes of Keanu films. So, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a bit of time. Uh, and that's not including notes and recording this and doing all the other shit. So there is that. Um, I, I also want to thank literally every single person that has come on this show along the way. And I wrote their names down so I wouldn't forget anybody. Kelly Hills, Asia Romano, Dan Spencer. Dan, thank, especially thank you, Dan. Seriously. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Eric Hall, 
Lindsay Nelson, Elizabeth Nordenholt, Eric Smith, and Angelica Jade Bastien. Those people, I feel like we really lucked out by getting everyone there. Uh, so that is awesome. They all brought something unique and and dynamic to the show that changed it in ways that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, so that is awesome. And then uh, finally, the listeners for your very for moral support and and your very vocal support of the people that we hear from often, the emails and being at our watch parties and here on live streams and all this stuff, sharing with us on Twitter, all of it, we see it. Uh, we appreciate it. It's it's gotten me through. Uh, if I've had like a tough week or a tough day, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. It's something we could all come together around to have. Uh, a, a community of people spring up uh, around something fun and be positive is like a rare uh, and pretty fantastic gift. And there are there are there are hundreds. I mean, it's it's fair to say there are hundreds of people that listen to this podcast all over the world. Uh, it's awesome. So, and we've brought people together. People have reached out and said, like, "Hey, your podcast made me. I was able to meet this person, and we have, you know." Jody and Zoe, they're mm -hmm. 6,000 miles away. I don't know how else they would have met each other, but it's awesome that it was through us. So uh, I love that. Uh, so that's it. I wanted to just say thank you to, to you, to, to every other guest, to, the, to people everywhere. I, this has meant the world to me. Yes, same. I have nothing to add to that. You said it all. Thank you. Oh, God. I was going to lose my shit. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that's it. Do we have any other closing thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think no. that's everything. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Subscribe to the Kurt Locker. It'll be more fun. I mean, it'll be the same amount of fun, but it'll just be an extended fun. You know what right. I mean? We just it'll want to keep the fun going. It'll be a longer going. period of the same fun. <laughs> Perfectly said. <laughs> I'm going to press this button. And I'm going to say the sign-off that means so much to us and is so appropriate for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. And party up, dudes. <laughs> <laughs>